Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. If you're inspired to begin your own coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit shift.us, S-H-F-T for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, I'm super excited to have a conversation with my guest today. Uh, he's not only a friend, he's an instructor on our Catalyst course uh, and also just a badass powerhouse life coach and um, what an amazing story this guy has. Mark Rabbit. Mark, are you there? <laughs> I'm here, buddy. I'm here. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks for being on this podcast. Um, I believe, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I believe in my heart that through our banter, um, someone will get something out of this, whether it's going to be a shift in thinking or maybe some inspiration or something. I completely agree. Yeah. So, I, I really uh, am grateful that um, you have decided to go ahead and allow me access to this uh, powerful platform. You're creating a huge, huge avalanche. And the wonderful thing about it is uh, – in that avalanche, no one snowflake ever takes responsibility, but every one of them accumulate up to that avalanche. Mm. So we don't know who we're going to impact. We don't know what we're going to say, where we're going to be. I really believe that the key is saying yes to opportunities, showing up, and just truly being here. You guys feel that energy already? He's already starting like a muzzled greyhound out of the gates chasing <laughs> that little fuzzy rabbit around the track. Um, you know what I love about you, Mark, and what I connect to, because I'm very much like this? You speak uh, in, in, in pictures. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Avalanches yeah, and snowflakes and stuff. Um, and that's kind of how I write and how I speak. So, yeah, well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And um, so Mark and I go way back, but let's talk about you. Okay. Um, give us, you know, five or seven minutes about your story Everything from you know the leadership, the leadership in in the Marines and and where you're at today. Mark is also a father, as a husband. Um, and here's the other thing I love about Mark is you know I've been injected with uh, this passion to uh, just challenge men and and, and help men um, be better. And listen, I'm not saying that I'm going to give you a definition of what a man looks like because I struggle with a lot of things too. But just to start the conversation, especially in the world we live in today. And um, it's just a way that my story's been positioned, and I really feel a, a, a calling to do that. And that's kind of what my next book's about. But I think Mark is a great example of uh, of just a fucking good guy, a good man, you know. <laughs> or, or maybe I don't know you well enough. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You're, you're. Um, I truly believe that the uh, the heart speaks, and. Uh, it's it's up to us to listen. More importantly, um, is to lead our hearts. Mm. And so when we feel what we feel so moved to do, you know, we check in with our intellect and uh, identify where's where has this feeling showed up before, or where did I take action on this before, and what was that outcome from that action? To know if we should course correct or to continue down that particular path. And you know, it started. Uh, of course, at uh, inception, uh, being born and raised in northern Wisconsin, right off the tip of Lake Superior, mm. um, I didn't know necessarily where I was going, what I was brought up into, or or really 
have a clear picture, but there was always something kind of brewing inside of me. Uh, my ass always felt like it was on fire and I'm supposed to be doing something and didn't really know what to make of it. Um, you know, as, as you know, and I, I've shared this story before, but for those that are new that are listening, uh, number one, I welcome you into um, this particular picture that's creating a journey that we all start from. And I love the concept that you share with starting with a blank canvas. Yeah. Because before we met, um, I had these preconceived notions of what it is that I thought that I was going to be doing. And, and um, you wrote a great post today about uh, not being attached so much to that vision, but to live it and create it today. Because you're going to be, and I am today, a completely different version of myself than when I retired from the Marine Corps seven years ago. Oh, what yeah, I 100%. Doing. I mean, yeah, and that, that's why I, I, uh, I said, you know, fuck where you'll see yourself in three years. And, and, I don't, and I mean it kind of lightly with humor yeah. because we all need direction and a passion and vision. But I think holding on to that with two hands can also be um, – you know, then there's a ticking clock, there's a fuse that we light, and then there's pressure and there's expectation, and I think it, all that is a trap. Yes, yeah. So um, I I I agree. And um, getting back to your your request of uh, sharing a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, Mark, I just want to let you know that I tend to hijack conversations because of the size of my ego. And so uh, please feel free to say, John, shut the fuck up. We're talking about me and my story, uh, and I will do so. Yeah, no, there's no reason to do that because uh, what's being shared is actually what needs to be shared. Oh, fuck, I this, love that. Just from this banter back and forth, um, it really is my hope and my wish that everyone picks up on this that – uh, it doesn't need to be serious yes. to be professional and in order to have a impact because there is, you know, there's half truths and sarcasm, but there's fun in the, the banter and the wit when we allow our ego to be reduced and actually be playful in the interaction. Because I think that's where our potency lives. And you know what? I think and I've learned in the last you know decade that I've been doing this. If you humanize yourself, it produces more glue and trust. People actually are more engaged. If you're sitting, you know, uh, on a on a, if you're standing on a soapbox or standing behind a podium, um, then you're 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 doing you're, you're pointing fingers, and it doesn't work. As you know, it doesn't. No one's coming with you because you're going at them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what what brings up, um, you know, another point that just uh, came into my mind right now is um, my personal defense readiness coach, my mentor. Uh, Tony Blauer, you know, he's involved in the CrossFit defense community, you know, he's built that out. But what he what he had said and shared and stuck with me for so long, and then I, I use it is it's not necessarily who's right, but who's left. Mm. Because our ego can put us into situations to where we have this feeling of needing to be right. Right. But in that is sometimes when you're right, you also lose a relationship, an opportunity, because we were stuck on this particular way of being. Right, right. So, Mark, um, let's go back to the Lake Superior, uh, your ass being on fire, um, and then, you know, take it from there. The military, tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, as I thought about this, uh, someone said, well, since you're from Superior, that must mean you're superior. 
And I said, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. Well, I'm what from I'm from Seoul, Korea, so the fucking I got a soul. What's up? Anyway, you're sorry. filled with soul. Yes, you are. Spelled the wrong way. Okay. Ah, uh, man. So, um, growing up, um, you know, I have uh, I have one older sister, um, and she's uh, she's blind. She has cerebral palsy and muscular dystrophy. And as I was growing up. Um, I learned really fast that people can be mean, they can be cruel, they can be inconsiderate. Because when I would take her for walks or I'd push her in a wheelchair, you know, you just get this feeling that when people are staring or laughing or they're pointing or yeah. they make comments. Yeah. So I, I started growing up uh, with, with thick skin but also very, very sensitive to um, the, the feelings of being embarrassed or uh, you know, not being like other people and just taking on that role. And then I have three younger brothers – um, and one younger sister. And where this really comes in is that, uh, you know, oftentimes people think that they have to have this perfect, you know, storyline and, and that they actually really need to, you know, come from this kind of background or this kind of upbringing or attended this particular university or college or, you know, it, it takes loads of money to be able to go ahead and do things. And all of those play their part. But, my older sister has her father. I have my father. My three younger brothers have their father. My little sister has her father. And so I didn't have a set model for a male figure. Right. Uh, however, every, every spring, my uncle Bill would come up from New Orleans, Louisiana area, Shreveport, wherever he was living at the particular time. But every summer, he would come back up to my grandmother's house mm. and – he would get the garden ready. And so he helped me to plant in that mind of tending to a garden. And I use a lot of the analogies when it comes to the mental mindset in the inner game of how it relates to the plants that we see, you know, the seeds that we plant, mm -hmm. the harvest time, the gestation period, the expectations that if I actually plant a carrot seed in this particular grid square, that carrots are going to grow. They're not watermelons. Right. And so a lot of this started to grow in. I had this, I remember I had this uh, um, Charles Atlas, you know, the comics that used to, to build out, you know, the, the little comic books of bodybuilding and kicking sand in, in the weakling's face and, you know, the workouts that were in the books. And he shared with me, he says, it's not all about the muscles and being big. And it's about what you can do with what you have. Mm. And that defines the character of a man. And that, you know, really started to set the tone. So... I would look around and you know, I lived in a port city, so we have a grain elevator, a coal elevator, a smelting manufacturer that I actually worked in. You're ripping up the scales off the fish and you're cleaning them up and your fingers are freezing. And you're like, wow, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm. And um, when it comes to the education piece is, you know, I dropped out of high school in 10th grade and I wound up getting my GED and I was in karate at the time and my karate teacher was a welder. In the shipyards. So I thought, well, I'll go to school and I'll become a welder because this is a male model figure that is now I'm in my mid to late teens and I'm thinking, okay, if it's good for him, then it's good for me. And I like to practice karate. So I went through a welding certification and I, I remember this very, very vividly is it's in the beginning of December of 1987 and I'm sitting on a scaffold in the hull of a ship, and it's probably anywhere from seven to 15 degrees below zero, and it's an on-the-job 
performance interview. Mm-hmm. And so there's a crack in the hull of the ship. And so here I am. I got a, my wire brush. And I'm scrubbing and I'm cleaning it and I'm getting ready to, to seal this bead. And that vision come back into my life of <laughs> there's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. So um, I remember I've seen my father probably seven times in my life before he passed away. And he was in the Army. And I remember him coming in this green Jeep that had this star on it. And it said U.S. Army. Mm. And, and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go canvas the recruiters. And so I uh, found the uh, Marine Corps recruiter. And here's the challenge. And I, this is why I think it's so important to have challenges and to have people around us that actually push us and challenge us to be the best version of ourselves is they had this graduation book on the coffee table. And I picked it up and I'm thumbing through it. I'm waiting for him to go ahead and get off the phone or whatever he was doing. And I'm looking at these images and I'm just kind of like in this state of awe inspiring. Wow, this is this would be great. And so he asked me, he says, do you know what you want to do or who you want to be? And I said, yes, I want to be this guy right here. And it was this, you know, fit, athletic, bald headed guy carrying the stick, which now I know it's called the guide on. Right. It's the it's the stick and the flag that represents that particular unit that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. He says, you can't beat that guy. I said, why not? He said, because, number one, you're not physically fit. And number two is you don't have the level of commitment to actually be that person. And I just the, the switch just flipped inside of me and says, you just don't know who I am. So oh, of course, shit. <laughs> the so of just, course the Rocky signed. song came on. <laughs> All right, come at me. Yeah, so um, I signed the contract, uh, and I went to boot camp in February of 1988. So only, what, maybe uh, eight weeks, nine, ten, ten weeks went by, and uh, graduated, and uh, I had a great career. I started off as a diesel mechanic. Uh, went into maintenance management, logistics, and then I actually became a drill instructor. I went down to uh, the Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego and started training young recruits. And here's what I found out about while my time down there is that we're all running from something and we're all running to something. Yeah. Just just like when I was I was running away from that neighborhood and that lifestyle of where I grew up and I was running to something. That to something wasn't very clear. But I know that it had to be better than what I was currently experiencing. And as I continued to say yes to opportunities and show up and do the actions and course correct along the way and listen to the mentors and the coaches and the leaders that were there that have been on that road long before me, all I had to do was trust the process. Right. And I found the value of modeling. Modeling a behavior and presenting a particular style of leadership. That for those, those, for those of you living in Los Angeles, when Mark says modeling, he's talking about a different type of modeling. Sorry. Yes, I'm talking about <laughs> modeling behavior. Yes. And expectations and a set standard of professionalism, mm-hmm. physical fitness, and moral conduct is what and, I'm referring to. In the military, I mean, man, that's probably the uh, – Probably the most difficult training ground for modeling, no? Or, or maybe it's the easiest because it's the, of the structure of it. I think there's a duality in that. Yeah. And it really depends on who's modeling and who's, you know, basically the leader and the follower. Everyone talks about leadership. Very, very few people actually talk about the art of followership. Ooh, I love that. What, wait, can you expand on that? The art of Absol- followership? Yeah, absolutely. Because... Um, In order for great leaders to be actually great leaders is they need to have great followers. So 
in the following aspect is some people are turned off by this, but it's okay. Instant, willing obedience to orders. Mm. And I like to share that with inside is when you feel that feeling on the inside, your instincts, your gut instinct, your intuition, which is spirit speaking to you, is that you actually take action on it. That instant willing obedience to that feeling, to that interaction, to that opportunity, is that you actually follow that feeling to have that experience. Right. So when we're set up in a leadership environment, it, we're setting examples as followers because there's other people that are following our lead. So if we expect people to follow us, we have to set the example of what it means to be a great follower. Yeah, I think, I think that's important. Um, I think that, uh, and also um, committing to uh, obedience uh, doesn't mean being submissive. It doesn't mean not having an opinion. No, not at all. Right? That's not what it means. No, no. Put it, let me put it this way is um, you've created an environment for the, the Catalyst training course. And either the catalysts are going to follow your lead and instruction or they're going to go ahead and inject their own thought processes of, well, I think it should be done this way. Well, have you tried it this way to find out if it actually works or are you meeting resistance because this is where you're actually going to grow and you don't want to feel that experience? Mm. So follow. Have the willing instant obedience to the instructions until – you actually find out if it works or not. Yeah, and let's pull back a little bit, and uh, that can be the universe, right? That could be intuition. <laughs> so, so um, the following a leader doesn't have to come in the shape of man. No, no. Oftentimes, so um, you know, I, I've, I've created a couple courses, and, and I have people go through this, and uh, you know, I've, I've probably coached. Well over 140 private one-on-one coaching clients since 2010, and and working with people, um, what I found is that I, I'm just I, I am a facilitator of information, of energy, of messages, and I convey it in a way for people to be able to understand and relate to it. It's really up for them to feel what they feel so moved to do, process it internally, because I truly believe. That our intuition is spirit, whatever spirit is to someone, whether it's God, the universe, it's nature, it's whatever it is that people understand energy to be, those are messages that are coming to us. Most people have become so desensitized to those messages that they've checked out and they no longer are in tune with themselves. And so they look externally for the answers and they go seeking. And what I've come to find out along this journey for me is there really is no out there, out there. And there really truly is no in there, in there. There's an experience that we give meaning to and we move from there. Right. And so that is a little bit deeper than what I was expecting to, to go into. Um, anything on that before I go back and jump into Marine Corps boot camp? No, jump into it. All right, cool. So I left there and then... Um, someone in their infinite wisdom said that I'd be a great inspector. And so I went out to Blunt Island in Jacksonville, Florida, and I learned global logistics, basically how to put equipment and personnel in places anywhere in the world and how that is facilitated. So it helped me see a bigger picture than training recruits or being a diesel mechanic. Mm -hmm. 
And I really got to see uh, how things real world apply outside of the Marine Corps because now I started working with the whole entire Department of Defense. And then I went down to the Naval Justice School down in San Diego and I went through their legal course. And this opened up my mind to see how the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which is our form of the law, interfaced with the rest of the world and how we deal with civilian law and the whole entire judicial system, which I didn't know at the time was going to build a platform for me. Because now I'm going to fast forward it is in 2002, the Marine Corps launched the Marine Corps Martial Art Program. And it wasn't the self-defense pieces that I really was looking at. What I, what I took away from that training and being an instructor in that environment was character development. How do we really build ethical, professional warriors? Mm -hmm. Basically, the warrior goes out and does what they do, but when they come back, how do they take on and take off the armor, put on their professional attire, and be gentlemen, and truly live in that place of, of what a ethical warrior a gentleman, what happened to chivalry and mannerisms and our professional conduct. That's what I started to really learn as far as teaching. And then that brought me into Franklin Covey's training program to facilitate a program that we built is called the Leadership Expedition Core Values Inside Out. Mm. Wait, real quick, um, Inside yes. Out, that resonates with me. So the word warriorship uh, in in Buddhism refers to you looking at yourself. Yes. Looking inward, um, having the courage to uh, examine yourself. That's war that's warriorship. I think a lot of people, when they see warrior, the image they see is you, you know, fighting other people and swords and this, this external process. But uh, in Buddhism, warriorship is all about looking inward. So when you said inside out, it really hit with me right now. I like it. I like it. Um, to expand upon that as well is, you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church and it always seems to, in one way or another, kind of bring the sense of peace. Um, however, after the McMap program and, and learning about the leadership expedition, it brought me into a small inner group of men and women that didn't act like or behave like everyone else in the Marine Corps that I've experienced in the last 18 years up to the point of, of these interactions. And so I had to start asking questions of why do they speak differently? Why do they act differently? Well, because they were institutionalized in a different format and they were re-socialized and reconditioned through what's called DOMI, which is the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. And it's the world premier think tank on all matters pertaining to human behavior. And so I became curious and I started asking questions. And one of them asked me if I would be interested in applying for the program. I knew nothing about this program. However, I'm like, mm, yeah, how do I do it? And then what happened? All those insecurities, fears, doubts, and worries, am I good enough? Can I really do this? I don't have that academic background. I never completed school. I don't have a college degree. And what scared me is because there's only 38 of them in the Marine Corps, and they're all assigned to a one to a four-star general. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, what if I don't speak right? What if I don't write well? What if I don't this and that? And, and um, one of the guys is like, look, if this wasn't for you, 
you wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be your, in your awareness and you wouldn't be ready. The mere fact that you're here, we're having this conversation, tells me that you're eager to learn and that you're ready to do the work. I was like, okay. So I, I submitted my package and I was screened. I was selected. And what I was about to experience forever changed my life. And inside that institute, it's basically 16 weeks, four months of a indoctrination into cleaning up my own mess. Inside that institution, everything is audio taped, videotaped, there's one-way mirrors, you have facilitators, co-facilitators, monitors, the, the whole, it's like an ecosystem that's underneath deep scrutiny of all the nonverbal and verbal communication that takes place. Mm. Give you an example, say we have a, a class on uh, power and discrimination. And so you get a two hour lecture. And then after that lecture, we break down into small group. And in that small group is another one way mirror. Everything's audio tape, videotape. And we break down, how, did, how does power and discrimination show up in our life? Where has it ever showed up? And they use an experiential learning cycle which has really helped me process and mature, but also become super hypervigilant to overthink my own emotions and thoughts. Right. So there was a recalibration and how this works. And we, we build confidence through breaking through barriers that actually only resides in dealing with the conflict and how we deal with conflict is through communication. Do we actually have the strength and the courage to engage in the conversation of those tough conversations that we all avoid, we don't want to have because they have the potential of being super messy and it's easier to just go along to get along. But if we just go along to get along, we don't grow. Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the biggest problems with millennials today um, is uh, our, our our lack of communication and, and, you know, technology has played a part in that where, you know, instead of actually picking up the phone and having a real human conversation, you could text someone, you can message someone, you could DM someone and it allows people to not communicate, you know? Oh, I, I so agree with that. And it really pushes me to, uh, get my live training workshops and seminars up and running. And I've only been playing, you know, probably 25, 30% of my potential in this arena, mm -hmm. but I'm noticing it because I have a 24 year old son and I have a 17 year old son and I see how they interact and how they communicate or lack of, and through this process, it leaves this room for disconnect. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it isn't necessarily their fault. It's just a world that we live in. It's programming, yes. you know, yes. it's their language. And I had just come back from a year of uh, contracting. I was out in Boston and um, I co-facilitated a 15-week cybersecurity uh, training course with a group of veterans. Um, I'm working more in veteran hiring and helping veterans get into um, the IT fields, whether they just transitioned or they've been transitioned out for a while. I have a corporate contract with a large IT company. And um, we went through this 15 weeks and I was just going to be the coach mentor to help them through the process, help them with their, their scheduling, their planning, because they're in school from eight to five and then they have two to three hours of homework and how do they balance their life, their family, 
the expectations, the intensity of this training, because it's a total immersion. And so I was hired to be the coach mentor to help facilitate this transition and learning process. Well, come to find out that the work that I've done there is they asked me to be the delivery manager and actually bring them into the corporate environment because I had executive coaching um, as part of my services. So I would work with CEOs or the C-suite or executives or mid-level managers, or I would do team building training. And what this did is it allowed me to see inside as an inside consultant, not just an outside consultant, being removed from the environment. Mm-hmm. And a year now has passed by and they're all moving into the direction of becoming a full-time employment um, associates at, at Staples. And I'm getting uh, ready. I'm flying out to Chicago tomorrow. So this is perfect timing. Because I'm going to do uh, now the sourcing, the interviewing, and the selection process for the next veterans cybersecurity training course. Wow, so I'm, awesome. I'm getting I'm getting in deeper into the process. I have no idea why the hell I just shared that. I forgot my mind. Because it's out. a part of your story, and it's important, <laughs> and I think I think it's great. Um, oh, it was it was about the uh, the millennials in the training because. Um, it's not just them. I really see it. It's, it's impacting everyone across the board because right. technology, as great as it is, it's also hindering our, our, our intrapersonal and intrapersonal. So our communication with ourself yeah. and our communication with others is being uh, reduced to an existence versus an experience. Mm, yeah, because when you're in front of someone, you're not just hearing or reading words on your phone, but you are experiencing their energy, the eye contact, you know, the, all, all the facial unverbal. expressions, everything. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, re- I love that, man. Reducing communication from, um, an, from an experience to just uh, something that's two-dimensional, flat. Right. And I want to help people go from existing to experiencing to thriving. Mm. Which is which uh, is basically what a life coach does. Yes. And, um, and that's why you're a great life coach. Um, let me ask you this. What's your, and this is totally off. I mean, it's off the subject, but it's not. What's, yeah. um, what, what's your definition of man? <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> you're uh, welcome. <laughs> you know, it really... This has been something that, uh, you know, I've been trying to uh, architect my whole entire life because I didn't have a solid vision or model of something healthy of what a man was. Right. And I can I can literally count on one hand the powerful influences of what I truly believe what a man's representation or presence in my life has ever meant. And there's only a handful of guys that I can really say that about. And so they, uh, for me, a, a man, a man really takes a stance, mm-hmm. takes a stance and is honest, open, secure, mature, vulnerable, 
connected with themselves and their mind, their thoughts, their emotions. They are willing to have the tough conversations. They're, they're committed. They're present. Mm. Also, they can be counted on to show up. Yeah. To be the example. I say this so many times is be the example. Be the leader that you would follow. Because if you won't follow you, what makes you think someone else will? Are you doing the right things because of the right thing to do? Or are you just doing things to show up as this particular vision of yourself, but behind closed doors, you're completely a different animal. Right. So it's about being congruent. And you take all of this and you, and you, you put this in a structure. It's not something that I, it can't, yes, it can be bottled in a way but I think with these ingredients, each man takes those pieces and they start to practice and instill this. They're setting good examples for both men and women. If they're a father and they have a son or a daughter or relatives or even someone that they meet on the street, right. is that they set this example of this is, this is how I would truly admire my son to act when he's in the company of so-and-so, it doesn't matter where it is, the mannerisms, the chivalry, that we're setting that example for those young men and for the young daughters and the sisters and the moms and the aunts and the nieces, all of them, of being an example of someone that they would admire and respect and love and that we're setting that example for both men and women of how we should interact to live a healthy, vibrant life. Wow, that sounded like an anthem. And I got to say that everything that Mark just described was everything that I wasn't pre-divorce, pre-the angry therapist, um, you know, before I went on my hero's journey on, on becoming and exploring and defining man for myself. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I, like Mark, grew up without a father. I technically had a father, um, but you know he was an alcoholic. He, uh, he was a workaholic. Uh, he, and you know that being said, I mean I, I love him. Uh, he was also amazing, and he, he provided. He came to America with five hundred dollars, and you know two kids, and, and, and a dream. And he joined the military twice, and he worked his ass off, and had to eat a lot of shit, and. Um, but he, he wasn't there for me, uh, I guess in a, like an emotional level, didn't create that kind of space. So, um, he, he wasn't the best, um, description, uh, or a role model as you know, what a man looks like. And it wasn't until I got a divorce or, or it wasn't until I got married and met, met, uh, at that time, um, my, my father-in-law where I saw, oh, a man could actually cry and a man could be vulnerable and at the same time, you know, write a Harley and build shit and, and, and do other things, um, but actually show himself. And uh, that's when I, that was, it was a very eye-opening experience. And, and looking back, you know, maybe that was all part of why I needed to 
um, be married to that person because it gave me uh, an experience into meeting her dad and and, and uh, redefining man for myself. And so for me today, and of course I'm going to simplify this because it's just the way that my mind works. I think that it starts with vulnerability. I think um, men, real men are vulnerable. I think real men understand before trying to be understood. And I think finally real men respond instead of react. And if you just do those three things, right? If you're vulnerable, being honest, not only with others, but yourself and your feelings and showing yourself in an authentic way, and that includes all your defects and insecurities and all that, and this is who I am, and stand on that as well as your story, and then you uh, try to understand before trying to be understood, meaning most men, especially in relationships, try to fix everything, which you know, you're making it about them, but really trying to understand the other person. And then finally, um, everything should be a response instead of a reaction. You know, uh, there's no need to throw chairs. There's no need to, to because um, you know the the reaction is is the boy. The response is the man. So, those are you know in broad strokes, those are kind of my big um, definitions. You know, I think that's what uh, that's that's where I would start as far as trying to define what a, what a man should look like. That's awesome. I I, I want to be able to. I want to share. Um... You touched on a, uh, quite a few pieces that are so essential. And number one is um, everything happens for a reason for us to go ahead and learn a lesson. And what we resist will continue to persist. Mm. And, and in that is, you know, you were in that marriage and, and you met her father and you had this new example. And at that particular point in time and juncture in your life is what you needed to see and learn that would put you and set you on to another trajectory in, in your life. And oftentimes we get attached to the outcome of, well, I'm in this marriage. I need to stay in this marriage. And it, when we really look at, at relationships, there's, there's loads of toxic, dysfunctional relationships that people stay in. And it's the power of us showing up to help to show and demonstrate a new action and behavior. And I want to thank you for showing up and being there. And if it wouldn't have been for me and my CrossFit journey, I may have not ever came across you. Because at that time, remember, I went through Diomi. It was um, the, the biggest impact on human behavior for me. And I really thought that I had it figured out because I got in touch with the depths of my soul and the character of me. And, and I was defining who I was. But at that time, I really, it was still bound to my image of being Mark the Marine. Right. It wasn't Mark anything else. And then when I found the CrossFit community, I was replacing the Marine Corps with the CrossFit community because of the camaraderie and the intensity. And that's where I met uh, Andy from right. CrossFit Hollywood. Right. And I sought out, you know, the blogs, you know, his, the, the post. And then I seen a post or a story that you had wrote. And then I seen the book that you wrote and I bought the first book and I bought the second book and I got the third book and I picked them apart and I highlighted them. I wrote my notes. I was like, shit, I need to work with this guy. Mm. That's when I reached out to you and I set a session and we're talking, this was probably 2012, 2013, maybe Yeah, wow. somewhere in that area. Right. And so, um, our first session, we talked for an hour. I basically just spilled my guts and you're like, you're silent and quiet. And I'm thinking, 
wow, is this what you know marriage family therapists do? They <laughs> listen and they, and then my prescription, what you gave me, was to love myself. And I'm thinking, I just spent you know yeah. money and an hour and to love myself. Right. But you planted the seed of what it was going to take for me to learn how to actually take care of myself before I can take care of another person. And through this journey is learning what it takes. And, you know, you talked about response and or uh, action and, and or uh, responding or reacting is in the space in between a, a, a stimulus. Something happens and the time that we either react or respond, the time in between there really demonstrates our level of security with self and our level of maturity, of the decision that we make when we feel a particular emotion. And where I'm going with this is because I worked with you for as much as I have throughout the years and being involved with the, the group and, and working directly and indirectly with you and through you is learning that it is okay to be sensitive it is okay to express our emotions or to talk about our emotions. That's actually a sign of strength mm-hmm. and security. It's not weakness or being a, you know, a sissy boy or whatever someone wants to talk about in a derogatory fashion, trying to take away and emasculate a man because they're actually being vulnerable and willing to go ahead and share and express those pieces on the inside. And anybody that's listening to this right now, I want you to really truly tune in with. When you're demonstrating and exposing the most vulnerable, sensitive pieces of yourself, and you share that with those that are around you or hear you, if they use that against you, check in with yourself and identify, are these the people that are really truly celebrating the highest and best version of you? Take a good inventory of that. I think it's so important because for me, I needed to go ahead and start separating and extending myself with people that were attacking my growth. And it takes strength. Yeah, yeah. And thank, thank you for that reminder. Guys, vulnerability turns stones into diamonds. And let me say that again. Vulnerability is what turns stones into diamonds. And um, if you're a coach or if you're any you know, teacher or someone who you know is a, is a catalyst, uh, I want to remind you also, you know, the, the story with me and Mark. You know, he sat down with me, and I don't remember the conversation um, just because I have so many sessions. But I, I guess I told him to 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 um, be uh, nicer to himself or to love himself. And uh, you know, on the surface, that session might have been silly and a lot of me not talking and listening and taking his money. <laughs> but you never know what the client is going to take away from it. And so, you know, that planted a seed. I did not know that. And so, um, when you're life coaching, when you're mentoring, when you're teaching, don't put expectations on the session. Let it happen and let the client take away what they're going to take away. You know. Yes. A great reminder for me as well. And uh, before we go, I just also want to say, guys, if you're listening to this and um, if it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, but you think there's um, 
another man that, that, that can get something out of this dialogue, if, if anything, just challenging his belief system or, you know, having some motivation. Um, me and Mark are two men. We're in our 40s. And uh, we're, you're in your 40s, right, Mark? Yes, at least for uh, another six months. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> right, right before. Okay, um, so we're in our forties. We've been through some shit. Mark has uh, an amazing story, obviously, and he's led you know uh, generals, and he's done a lot of uh, uh, amazing um, work, and also he's continuing to lead. And you guys know what I do, and and so listen, we're two men who are. Um, practicing vulnerability and also um, we're not perfect we're learning about everything as we grow and uh, if you think this is the the temperature and you think this can impact other men please um, I don't know give them this link let them know about this uh, episode or this podcast and maybe they'll get something out of it because like Mark said all you have to do is plant a seed and that's all I'm trying to do and how that seed grows is not up to me um, but I really believe that um, you know, I'm, that we're messengers and we're meant to give messages. Uh, and also iron sharpens iron. And man, there's nothing more uh, inspiring and there's nothing more life-changing than just having some, some solid, stand-up, amazing men in your life. And, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Um, that shit's powerful. Absolutely, it is. So thank you, Mark, for being not only on my podcast, but in my life. And we are going to continue to grow together and create this dialogue. Um, I really appreciate you, man. And um, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, John. I look forward to the, uh, the next conversation as we start to uh, peel this back and uh, forge greatness yes. with everyone that we have the opportunity to come in contact with. Yes. Keep leading forward. I love you, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Same to you. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.